Several agencies, including Defense and the Armed Services, have rediscovered an old but potent way of getting rapid acquisitions done. It's called Other Transaction Authority. Now, the Congressional Research Service has sent up a detailed report on OTA, and joining me with what's in that report and its implications, Alex Rossino, Senior Principal Research Analyst at Deltec. Mr. Rossino, good to have you on. Good morning, Tom. Thank you for having me. So OTA has been making Congress and contractors a little nervous because it's really outside of the federal acquisition regulation. What did the CRS come up with in its report to Congress? Right, sure. Um, so uh, the CRS is, of course, responsible for providing research, um, resources, um, and sort of uh, deep dives for Congress so that they can help frame debate about certain issues. And um, the impression that I got from reading this report was that CRS wanted to uh, define for Congress how uh, other transaction authority works, why it was established, and then what the potential benefits and risks of using it were, and then whether there's data available to measure the effectiveness of OTAs. And we know that the OTA was invented before most members of Congress were born. Right, exactly. So it's been around for many, many years. Uh, It's been used by many agencies uh, like the Department of Transportation, NASA. I think the Department of Energy has used it before. Um, And it's generally been used to create prototype mechanical kind of programs or um, say like a vehicle platform, those kinds of things. Um, But it's been used in recent years as the the authority has been expanded for the Department of Defense to use it for information technology, and that's where it's really making a big splash nowadays. Well, is it the sense of the report or the sense in the industry that the use of it for IT, the use of OTA to buy IT, is done outside of the bounds for OTA, or is the military simply doing what it's entitled to do? Sure. Well, I think that the problem is there's some confusion um, in industry about exactly how these um, mechan- these, these uh, processes work. And also you can see that reflected in Congress as well by the fact that the CRS has put out this report to try and define it. So um, the Congress uh, has given DOD broad authority to use OTAs with what they call the most flexible possible interpretation. And I think that's in response to DOD's requests over the last few years to try and integrate more uh, commercial off-the-shelf technologies into its ecosystem. But it doesn't mean that there isn't confusion still about how it works and um, whether there's proper oversight. And one of the issues is not so much whether it's FAR or not, but whether the data related to those procurements fits or works in the federal procurement data system. And the report said the FPDS is not fully reliable in the quality issues relating to accuracy, completeness, and timeliness of data. So maybe is that the major concern with OTA is that it's hard to to quantify what's really going on? Well, exactly. That's one of the major risks that the CRS found associated with OTAs is that there's really no way to measure their use effectively. And as anyone who's in business process engineering knows that um, if you can't measure something, then you can't understand exactly how it's working. So um, DOD needs to um, try and create a more transparent system, which they promised to correct by the end of FY 2019, um, when they say that all of their OTA data will be reported through the uh, FPDS uh, NG system or the Federal Procurement Data System. 
so they don't really have much time to make that change or that fix. No, that's true. They really don't. Um, there is some OTA information in there now, but it's incomplete, and that's part of the problem that CRS found, and that's also part of the problem that we have here at GovWin is that um, trying to determine exactly how much is being spent, where it's being spent, and by whom and uh, who's winning, um, those things can be uh, problematic for us. We only have a partial picture. Sure. We're speaking with Alex Rossino, Senior Principal Research Analyst at Deltec's GovWin Unit. And there's some recommendations or some issues that Congress itself ought to watch out for that the CRS has outlined. What do you think are the key ones there? There are two of them, really. And one of them was um, that CRS suggested that Congress might instruct the DOD to create a, um, a new oversight organization. So this could be what they call an acquisition innovation lab or a center of excellence similar to what's being done at GSA um, and that they put the language in the next or a one after um, iteration of the National Defense Authorization Act. And that would be um, an organization responsible for overseeing, executing and approving um, all OTAs across the Department of Defense. The other thing that they recommended is really just to, that Congress continue to debate about the OTA uh, use and um, to the extent, what extent is it in what circumstances um, the benefits outweigh the costs, schedule, added capabilities, um, concerns, potential fraud, waste, and abuse, et cetera, um, versus whether or not those OTA authorities should be extended further or curtailed or maintained. So, um, you know, there's really a lot here to discuss that Congress needs to work on. And with respect to what DOD has been using it for. You mentioned information technology as, a, as a, in contrast to the uh, traditional development of new mechanical platforms and so forth. Do we know the nature right. of the IT that has been purchased so far? For example, is it a lot yeah, of it in the cybersecurity area? It has been used extensively for cybersecurity. It's been used for um, also for a lot of cloud procurements, um, which we find interesting because cloud is something that's being used regularly across the civilian departments, and they don't seem to need OTA to use it. So I don't know why DOD thinks that it's any different. Yeah, so cyber and cloud, so something where they've got a real disadvantage, which is cybersecurity, and something where they've got right. pretty much a commercial acquisition would not require the OTA. Right, exactly. And this is part of the issue that I think that um, CRS identified in their report is that um, one of the concerns Congress has is the use of OTA for what are, quote unquote, non-prototype projects. So, you know, OTAs were created in order to further basic research, um, put out prototype platforms, et cetera. Um, but if you have some kind of a new endpoint security system, um, is endpoint security that's a commercially off-the-available off-the-shelf product, if that's already available broadly to the market, is it really a prototype or is it not? And that's part of the issue that um, CRS wants Congress to uh, investigate. Sure, because there have been a couple of reports now, one from the director of of the Office of National Intelligence and also a report that went to the Navy secretary on some of the cyber weaknesses that are just seeming to almost cripple the military. And One of the reports said that the military's main concern seems to be compliance and governance and not actually fighting back against the cyber attacks. So I wonder if there's a way that OTA or is it in their minds to use OTAs to try to get around some of the compliance issues so that they can take on the real enemy. That that is a good question, and I think it's one without an answer at the moment. Yeah, well, I guess if we could answer it, we'd both be rich. And Within the domain of OTA acquisitions, I guess the concern for contractors is, is there competition? And did that come up in the CRS questions? 
Right, sure. It, it did, actually. Um, so one of the um, issues that uh, the CRS identified is a concern about the bypassing of socioeconomic policies. So there are questions whether OTAs are exempt from many of those policies, like the goals for small business participation um, that are put in place by Congress to promote, you know, uh, Buy America requirements and things like that. And so um, because OTA requirements are announced Generally, they're announced to what are called consortia or industry consortia. Um, those Only those companies that are part of the consortium are, are able to actually respond to those uh, calls for papers uh, for, pro for proposals. So, um, you know, the question is, are companies being shut out uh, by not doing this through an open market process? And I guess that's another one of those unanswered at this point. Exactly. It's another one of those things that Congress will eventually need to take up, and I expect that we'll probably see some kind of language in the uh, FY 2020 uh, NDAA concerning it. Alex Rossino is Senior Principal Research Analyst at Deltec. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Tom. I appreciate it. We'll post his article and a link to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Will you and everyone you work with lose their minds if you don't use Upwork to bring in more talent to help? Yep. Can you afford to spend months finding that talent the old-fashioned way? Nope. Can you hire them in seconds on Upwork? Yep. Is it complicated? Nope. Can you have them as long as you need? Yep. Longer than you need? Nope. Is Upwork a newer, better way to work? Yep. Is this commercial over? Nope. What about now? Yep. Upwork, this is how we work now. 